You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, and I think uh, this year, uh, the offensive line uh, especially is one of the strengths of our team. Um, that's a pass protecting and run, run blocking. That, that, that's a strength of our team, and we're at the play through them. So whenever they dominate and when they play at a high level, you see this offense play at a high level. So uh, I think you saw it in the first week, too. Uh, early in the game, we really ran the ball well, and it forces defenses to, to adjust. And once they adjust, then we can kind of open it up with the pass game as well. All right, boys. Um, another one here. The Chiefs, uh, in this up and down league, right? Every every week. Oh God, Josh Allen's the MVP. Oh no, Lamar's the MVP. Or, oh man, Patrick Mahomes. Boy, you got to look at him. But oh, Tyree, this week is or this year it's just week after week we have a full, completely different change about everything. And now this week. When the Chiefs go out and dominate the Bucks, now the Chiefs, hey, they're they're the best team in football again. They're the best team in football again. This is so up and down this year. It's crazy. Remember, just two weeks ago, Buffalo was. You two were saying it too. Buffalo was just on a. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And now Buffalo is still the best team in football. My and now it's slow. You got that? Okay. You still? You guys still got that? You got the Bills? Yeah. When they're, they're healthy, healthy. yeah, I mean, they're really good. They're pretty good. You got the Bills. I got. They're, the they're very injured right now. When they're healthy, you say you got the Packers. No, the Eagles. The Eagles are, are playing their way into the, the Eagles are four zero. Yeah, they're four zero. But look, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna start here with the screwdriver I'm drinking. You, Did you they just for you drink it on? While you're talking, <laughs> I, I can do whatever I want to do. You don't control me. Pete. So listen, there's a lot to be learned there from that game set Sunday night. And for me, it was like kind of an aha moment. Aha, aha, aha. <laughs> it was kind of that moment for me of, listen, I was one that said, when they lose Tyreek Hill, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, man, they're going to lose Tyreek Hill and they're going to be, they're going to be better for it. Watch, they're going to, no, no, I still think they can be successful. They're just going to have to do this thing different, right? The Patriots weren't better for it. They weren't better when 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 uh, Randy Moss left. They weren't better. They just had to do it different, right? Then they had Rob Gronkowski, who we didn't know at the time, maybe as good as he would, and then they had the killer. But they had to just do it differently. Man, watching that game, I – I think for the first time, I'm one that says, well, ultimately, the loss of Tyreek Hill is going to make this team overall better. And this is before people start losing their minds right now. This this is why. Tyreek leaving forces them, obviously, to have to play differently and just forces them to have to attack everything differently. So now they've been able to attack attack their depth defensively 
and on the team overall, but especially defensively in a way that we've never seen it before to where they can sustain injuries or suspension in a way where they still got guys behind them that can go. Like they don't have guys that are backup roles that will just get cut somewhere. Like they got guys that can play. So their depth, and they knew they had to get better defensively, right? They couldn't just say, all right, man, we could just be top-heavy and just have a couple of playmakers somewhere on defense because, you know, ultimately, if we can hold teams under 30 points, we probably go, we probably got a chance to win. Nope. They knew they had to address their defense, and their defense overall, depth-wise and everything, is better. Also, to go along that with defensively, we've talked about Spags and his experimental slow starts to where – Generally, it's November 1st when Spags is like, oh, okay, let's go. Right. Now I think it's like, no, nah, man, we got to get going right away. We got to we got to get going and, 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 and really find our identity and what we're going to do immediately. And I think that's helped. And overall, the one thing I've said since Patrick Mahomes took over is the offense is going to have to find a way to help this defense. And now the way that they have to play offensively where it's much more of a possession thing it's much more of a man we're gonna kill you slowly with with you know with knife cuts instead of you know a pistol with with that now they slowly as as he would say matriculate themselves down the field and 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 they're have like yeah like sunday they had seven drives of or six drives of seven plays or more a 13 play drive in there a 10 play drive and they're helping their defense by the way they play offense. Like, they still have a big play element out there. We saw some big plays. I'd like to see them connect on some of these big plays more as the, as the year goes on. But they're hitting Kelsey for 10. They're hitting Juju for 8. They're hitting – they're running the ball like this. The way they play offense just naturally helps their defense because they're not so big play happy. And – and I think that forced him to have to change not having Tyreek. So overall, now I can't believe I'm saying this, it will overall help the team that Tyreek is going. I can't believe I'm saying it, but Sunday really, really showed it. They're not better because Tyreek's gone, but they allowed themselves to become a more complete team Which by I think removing him from the equation. Absolutely. Ron, it reminds me, I know you're a LeBron guy as well, but in the NBA, yeah, when – when LeBron is off the court, and it's not much, he plays a lot of minutes, but when he's off the court, typically you see his teams really struggle. And there's a couple of reasons why. One, because LeBron's not on the court, and because LeBron is the reason that the team is good, right? But two, it's because when LeBron is on the court, he is the offense. He is the one that makes everything go. There is no offense that LeBron runs. It's just, it's LeBron's offense. He doesn't run anybody's specific scheme. He is a unique unicorn in the NBA. And so you allow LeBron to initiate everything that you do and everything runs through him. So when he's not out there on the court, okay, what are we doing now? It's just, it's a totally different situation and you can't really prepare for that. There's no way to do it. I bring that up because it's kind of true with Tyreek Hill as well. Tyreek Hill was the easy button for the chiefs. If you get stuck, you get into a bad spot. What do you do? Well, Throw it out to Tyreek Hill on an RPO, quick slant. He's going to pick us up seven yards. And I think the Chiefs almost became too reliant upon the fact that Tyreek Hill can get them out of situations. He can come up with a big play whenever you need it. 
You're down to 13 seconds. You're playing against the Buffalo Bills. You need to go score a touchdown. Guess what? We got Kelsey. We got Hill. We're going to find a way to get this done. And eventually, you run into an opponent that takes away Tyreek Hill, like the Bengals did last year with the cover three robber. They take that robber down. They no longer are able to get the over route to Tyreek. And suddenly, things become really hard. And the Chiefs didn't have that easy button to press. And now you're looking around and you're saying, okay, our other options are Demarcus Robinson. We have a defense that's okay, but it's not going to help us prop up the offense. And they realized, I think, and also Tyreek Hill pushed them in this direction. Maybe there is another way. Maybe with Patrick Mahomes and with a little bit more complimentary football, maybe we can do this in a way that is better. And I think what we saw on Sunday for the first time, in my opinion, was what that formula looks like when it's the A-plus script. When Andy's on his game, when Patrick has an over-my-dead-body game, when the defense comes out there and plays their ass off, when you see Juju getting involved, when you see Marquez Valdez-Scantling make a couple of plays down the field, when Sky Moore even gets a little bit involved in the offense. And oh, by the way, the offensive line kicks ass and the running game gets going. When you've got all of that taking place simultaneously, man, that's something that was just very unlikely to happen while Tyreek was here. And it wasn't Tyreek's fault, but it's just the allocation of resources. You don't have enough to go around when you're paying a wide receiver $20 plus million per year, and you don't get the resources in terms of draft picks in return for him as well. This team is more complete because of the move they made in the offseason. And, and Serta, it's not even just about the fact that you know you don't even have the money. Like it's it's just the false lies, you know. Having him there helps you with, like I, I like swear to God, I think if Tyreek Hill is on the field, they beat the Colts. I think he I think he does something in that game that gives them a first down or gives it like runs extra. He does something. There's something that he's able to do that they can make a play, and it's. It's just something that gets them out of it, as you said, that gets them out of trouble. But yeah. then they then they lie to themselves that they don't have to really focus as much. And then like maybe they come out and play the Bucks and oh, yeah, we do what we do. And, and then they catch up and get themselves beat. Like I think in that game they look at it and they say, All right, man, we, we can't just be rolling them out. We can't just walk out here and roll them out and just win a game. And or we'll lose to the sorry, sorry coats. And and it won't trick us. And I, I think that's been a part of it with it but i mean like you said man I, I mean i don't even like you could say pat mahomes when we ever say pat mahomes had a over my dead body game with throwing for 249 yards like i mean it wasn't even really that it was just like everybody came to play it everything is is better and there's more depth everywhere and there are more options everywhere like you said it's not demarcus robinson and and whoever else and, and kemp and whatever other stiffs they had over yeah. there there's you know, there's there's other guys that can really make plays and develop. Yeah, I, I think it's undeniable that Tyreek Hill helped cover up a lot of mistakes offensively yes. for the Chiefs for several years. And I I do think that him insisting on, hey, I want out now and I, I wanna I wanna go somewhere else where I'll I'll get paid or where I feel like I'm more appreciated or whatever the reasoning was, like that kick started the reset that we knew was going to come eventually. Like eventually they were going to have to revamp this thing. And the chiefs have done a really good job of that. They got really young on defense and their defense looks 
good and exciting and they have some young playmakers that we're all really excited about and it made Andy Reed have to get better. It made Andy Reed have to step back up and say, okay, I got to be creative Andy again. I got to start changing things up and being more creative with my play calling. Cause I can't just rely on these guys the way I relied on Mahomes, Hill and Kelsey. Like I think that long-term, yeah. Like trading Tyreek so far, the steps that we've seen post Tyreek, like it's all really promising and you feel really good about the direction that they're in. So inevitably it is, I think, a, a good move for them, and it's put them in a good situation moving forward. Their offense, the way it's set up, is is so they help. They're able to help their defense so much better now with sustained drives. Because even like even not only their big play drives, but sometimes even drives where you know, hey, they they weren't able to 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 get going. They're throwing it three times, and they're like now. Like they're 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 wasting they're, you know they're on the field a lot more, the time of possession in these games even the one they lost the time of possession they have it much more it's just not so big play reliant and it just helps everything out there. And Ron, some of that is just the way the defenses are playing them. Defenses were playing them this way again last year as well with the cover two. They're keeping everything underneath. It's the smart way to play against Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs knew that this was going to happen again, and so they decided you know what we got to change like. We got to find a way to attack that. And they knew because this is the way that it works. You can beat the cover two. It ain't that hard. We saw this in the early 2000s. It's the same defense that we saw with Lovey in 2002 that was really uh, hitting the NFL by storm. What you got to do is you got to run the ball. You got to take your underneath passes. And as you mentioned there, Ron, you got to be willing to go 12 plays, 72 yards for a touchdown. If you're willing to do that, if you're able to string those plays together and you're consistently successful on first and second down, you can beat the cover too, and you can run them right out of it. But last year, the Chiefs weren't consistent enough with it. They'd have a big play. They'd get like a two-yard run in the running game and incompletion, and boom, it's third and eight. And you got to have Patrick Malm save you with Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey making a big play. And those guys were good enough that a lot of the time they made it work. But it was just, it was herky-jerky. It, it never felt like they were in control of games like they were on Sunday against Tampa. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Ron. I honestly hadn't even looked at the overall passing numbers. The Holmes finished that game with 250 passing yards. I would have told you had a hell of a lot more than that because it hmm. from start to finish, he never looked like he was out. Of, he was in complete control. That felt like a Tom Brady game. They had Patrick like 36, Ball. they had like 36 carries or something like oh, that. So many rushes. That's that's what it was. How long did we see Tom Brady do that in New England? Where 100 percent They'd have a top five offense every year, and it was all 15 play drives with Brady throwing six yard passes and just and just carving you up in the short and intermediate passing game all night long. Like Patrick Mahomes is doing that now, and he can still throw one over the top every now and then. It seems pretty hard to stop. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah, let, let's get that over the top thing going. I mean, that's a that's <laughs> no, another like discussion for somewhere somewhere else. But no, man, this um I never, I never thought I'd be the one to say it, but at least long term, yeah, you're gonna. There's gonna be some moments where you're like, "Damn, Tyreek would have made that play," or "Damn, they would have." But overall, maybe they're not sitting there needing 13 seconds to get back because they've got enough depth, and there's not trash in that secondary that they get a stop against Buffalo, and they don't have to to do that in 13 seconds. Parlay at my office. Five minutes. 
More like play the same game at the same time. The Arrowhead Pride Same Game Parlay with Pete Sweeney, presented by DraftKings. Pete Sweeney here with another Same Game Parlay with Arrowhead Pride. Ride with Arrowhead Pride into Monday Night Football as the Chiefs take on the Las Vegas Raiders. In this game, we see the Chiefs winning by at least 10 points, so a minus 9.5 point spread. Patrick Mahomes has two touchdowns. The Chiefs score at least 30 points, and Travis Kelsey goes for over 94.5 yards, so probably hitting over 100. That's Patrick Mahomes with two touchdowns. The Chiefs win by 10. They score at least 30, and Travis Kelsey for about 100 if you place $100 on this, you could win 600 It's Ride with Arrowhead Pride, the same game parlay from DraftKings. Well, I'm sure Pete crushed it again this week. What are you guys? You guys have been nails here lately, right? Just, just, just killing it. We were really close last week. We hit yeah. three out of the four legs of the parlay. It's, we, we relied too heavily on Jarek McKinnon. We just needed Jarek McKinnon to get 20 receiving yards. Instead, he's getting handoffs at third and one. I don't know what was going on there. That was the only thing we didn't hit. We got to yeah. stop that, by the way. I like I, I love but when Jarek the Chiefs McKinnon. get the ball. Is that the number one thing we got to stop with the <laughs> yes. Chiefs? Yes, yeah. we do the no, no more Jarek right McKinnon now. short yardage goal line touches. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, no more of that. If you want to do more of the Noah Gray stuff, the creative, let's find a way to get a new tight end the ball and quarterback sneak situations, that's fine. I'm all for it. No problem with it. Jarek McKinnon is not your short yardage back, Andy. He's just not. Stop trying to make that a thing. Fetch is not a thing, Andy. I listen. I. I have attempted to just accept this. You all know this. Andy just goes through. I'm the cutest. I'm the cutest chick in the room, Fields. You know, I just look. I look good in here. Look at me. I got my nice little hat on. I'm showing my hair a little bit. My bangs out a little bit. I got this nice little little power suit on and everything. I look good. I'm the cutest. I'm the cutest dame in this piece. <laughs> And every t- every now and then, old cute Andy has to come out and just say, mm, got my red lipstick on. How about this? I, I don't know. want that image. No, hold on. I, we got to stop yeah, that. I don't need that in my really, life. I got my sexy red on. lipstick on. Yeah. I got my red pumps on. And Andy just come out and say, you know what? I know Clyde ran it in short yardage. You got a big touchdown. I know Isaiah Pacheco has just been physical and falling forward for at least a yard all game. But now, let me show you something. I'm going to go McKinnon for short yardage. Because <laughs> I'm Number one. Hey, you liked that Blake Bell touchdown, didn't you? You thought that was cute, wasn't it? I'm going to show you. I could be real cute. I'll be dead. And you know, Andy just got to have them cute moments. He got to have it. He got to have it. You know, and I've just accepted it. I'd like for him to stop. Hopefully he got that <laughs> out of his system. Maybe, maybe throw it to him. How about that? Yeah, so you we know, just needed 20 receiving yards, and we would have gotten everybody paid on Sunday. Looking but, uh, at the, know, uh, the stat sheet right now, Jarek McKinnon finished with one receiving yard. Yeah. But, you know, Andy got to be cute, man. I mean, Andy did some, some real cute stuff in there. You know, like, watch. I'm going to get Jody Fortson this touchdown. Just y'all watch. Bam. Jody okay, Fortson, man. All, all my dude does is catch touchdowns. It's amazing. It. You know how many this catches he has this year, Ron? I don't know. Five. Two. Two. You know how many touchdowns he has? Two. It's two. Really two. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I, I thought he had gotten a couple others. Oh, man. Two it's targets just, yeah. and two touchdowns. It's yeah, amazing. Man. 
Yeah, he need to he need to take that number off. Disrespectful son of a gun. I don't know why they just keep <laughs> letting him walk around wearing hey, man, that. If you if every catch you make is a touchdown, you can continue wearing whatever you want. No, no, he can't, man. That's disrespectful. <laughs> that might be the best chief. That might be that might arguably be a that's a top five chief of yeah, all. And Jody time. Fortson's really good. And I don't yeah, top he, five. yeah, he could be really good. Yeah, he could wear eighty two. Eight. <laughs> he can wear it's all a host of numbers he can wear. I'm with Rod. I'm with That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's just just because that man keeps wearing those gloves on that damn halftime show for no reason in 60 degree <laughs> weather. He's got to be the coldest person in America, Tony Gonzalez. He's got to, this man is dressed in another. Man, I'm like, man, where are you at Cleveland? Where are you? <laughs> last, last week there in Cincinnati, it was, I mean, listen, no, everybody else got on jackets, regular suits. Tony in a first down jacket. He is in a bubble coat with gloves. Like, dog, what is going on? Just chilly. It's not chilly, man. Like, man, we're indoors. What are you doing? Anyway, but Jody is just still disrespectful. That jersey should be retired. It's ridiculous. Just anyway. Anyway. All right, we we got those things out. All right, McKinnon, yes, stop that, man. Just throw him the ball. Can I say this? See, see, you'd have messed up now. Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and 7-7, seven, seven, man, doing the best he can. I, all right, man, I've been putting my arms around you. I've wrapped my arms around you, 7-7. Seven, seven. He's just their best doing, tackle right now. Just doing the best you can. Like my man said in, in, in Bad Boys, that's how you drive. Damn it, that's how you drive. Okay, see now – and when the Chiefs get the ball on Sunday or Monday, excuse me, when they play the Raiders, see, I don't want to see, I don't, I, I don't want to see the Chiefs getting their asses kicked up front like we've seen at times this year. I don't want to see it because you'd have messed up. Oh no, 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 no! No, you faced the best front seven. Am I lying, Brian? Brandon, and called you Brian. Am I lying? You faced the best front seven in football. And it's probably dominated. them or the Forty ers It's it's one of those two. 49ers, 49ers they're really they're really really good too you you face the second best front seven in football right they're better than dallas right because that dallas that and that front four for dallas too boy they that Michael front seven for dallas good. Pretty, yeah. all right you face one of the top three <laughs> front sevens in football at least the best front seven when it comes to stopping the run and you not just fared well, not just held your own. You dominated them jokers. I've never seen Big 50 get moved like that. OVV. I've never seen him get moved like that. See now? See now, if you can do that to them, then I expect you to do that to the Raiders. And I expect you to do that to everybody else that you play to play with that kind of intensity. You'd have messed up now. So this offensive line that I called out last week and you performed in a major way, way to step it up. It shouldn't take Shaq Barrett, who is now backing up, I mean, backpedaling worse than Dion now. It shouldn't take Shaq Barrett to come in and call you out. You should be able to play like that every single week. And now, damn it, you'd have done it. And I expect to see that against the Raiders. So when the Chiefs get the ball, I, 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 the first thing I expect to see, sir, in, in, in BK, is that I see that offensive line that played Sunday night against the Raiders they went from Patrick Mahomes leading them and rushing against the Colts with 26 yards 
and having no running back carries go more than six yards against Indianapolis to having 37 carries for 197 yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It just doesn't make sense, man. I, I don't understand it in a good way in some regard. Like it, I, I never could have projected that they would play that well on the ground. It's why I picked them to lose that game is because I just, I thought they were going to really struggle on the ground. I thought it was going to be hard for them to consistently move the ball through the air. And I thought that their defense was going to struggle more than they did against a revamped Bucks offense. And on all accounts, they were awesome last week, man. That is what we expected. I didn't them know to they be. had. I didn't know they had that in them. I did. I, I, I didn't know they had that. Ron, I, th- I think there are there are two different pieces to this puzzle. One, I think they got chewed out like crazy that week by Andy Reid. When Andy Reid is talking to the broadcast team and he's telling them, "Hey, we think we can expect more out of this offensive line. We think they've underperformed." That is Andy like scolding them publicly cuz he doesn't do that. He doesn't call out his guys publicly. And he did that apparently with the broadcast team. So that's one part of it. The second part of this is they were just running different plays. Like schematically, that is not the same run scheme that the Chiefs have been running for A, much of the season, but B, much of the last couple of years. That's what we've all been talking about. When we talked Ron last year going into the season about, hey, they invested all of this money, invested all of these draft picks into the offensive line. What's going to change? I said, and a bunch of other super smart people that said it before me said, they're going to probably go to more gap schemes. They're going to start pulling guys. They're going to start running counter. They're going to start running trap. And guess what? They did it finally against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it worked. So I want to see more of that moving forward. I want to see the stuff that worked in that game against the Raiders, against the Buffalo Bills, against, oh boy, that San Francisco 49ers front seven as well. It ain't going to get a whole lot easier from here, but you showed that it can work. Now you got to show that you can do it again. So to illustrate just how good their offensive line was and how good the running game was against this elite Bucks run defense, and they are elite, like they are one of the best run defenses in the NFL for like five consecutive years. Like they have been outstanding against the run. They gave up more rushing yards to the Chiefs than they had in any game since 2018. Like that's how good their run defense had been. And that's how great the Chiefs running game was against them. It, on Sunday night football. And that's how great the offensive line was. So whatever Andy said to them, hopefully that's all they needed. And that's what we'll get every single week. I think they play good cup, bad cup. I think by the way, Vita Vea was drafted in 2018. So that's basically since Vita Vea was on the box. Yeah. Yeah. I think they play good cup, bad cup. I think Andy came in there and hit him with that. I'm just so disappointed with you. And then Andy Heck thought he was going to go let him have it. But then Eric Bieniemy got re- unleashed and they just said, Andy, uh, Eric, go ahead and do you. And I think Eric just cussed them cats smooth out, <laughs> up and down, up and down. Everybody got it. I mean, they called in ex offensive linemen and they got cussed out too. I mean, it, everybody, everybody got a hold of it. Jeff so Allen got a call. <laughs> Jeff Allen was out there. They cussed him out. He went far. Trizel Jenkins, he came out there. He got cussed <laughs> out. Everybody. And John Tate, Casey Wigman. It was weird. I-65, he got cussed out. I mean, <laughs> they let them all have it. I mean, he wasn't playing. Anybody around here. Andy Heck got cussed out. Didn't even know what happened. Just walked out. <laughs> Andy said, I'm just disappointed in you. Eric, go ahead and talk to him. 
<laughs> I can imagine the first five words out of Eric's mouth. Look here, you sorry sons, and then the door closed behind him. And nobody heard the rest of. <laughs> just throwing stuff talking about. I guess this is why Eric, Eric ain't no head coach. He just gonna cuss people smooth out. No man, that, no. It, it's I just there's it, an expectation there to see, to see that. Hey, what about Pacheco? We talked about McKinnon earlier. I, he got a lot. That's probably the most run it seemed like he's gotten, especially running the football. I don't know if they they just felt it and saw, boy, we are we are actually having our own, holding our own, and 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 really dominating this matchup. So we're gonna we're gonna keep pushing it. But that was the best I've seen him, and you could see him gaining confidence with each carry. So I, I, I that'd be interesting to see if we continue to see that kind of split in carries. Hey, Ron, can I ask you a question real quick on Isaiah Pacheco? Is Isaiah yeah. Pacheco good? Or do I just like watching the way that Isaiah Pacheco runs? Because I think sometimes it does this Jedi mind trick on me where I don't know if he's actually good. I, th- I think he is. But that guy runs so bleeping hard that it just makes me believe that every one of his runs are going to go for like seven yards, even if he should be stopped in the backfield. And that's – but see, that's my issue with him. I, I like him, and early what you got from him is big is – but when he has the speed that he has – his vision's got to improve because, as you're saying, those seven, he's got seven-yard runs that should be 20. That If he had vision to see things, like if he – it's it's as if he doesn't know he runs a four whatever he runs, a four three. Like he's he's running in there like he is – like he is Bam Morris. Like he's just looking for physical contact. That's what he – and he's not, he's not running away. He's not trying to get a hole to run – like he's running to get you, and like he looked, he saw De- Levante David and took it personal and was like, "I'm I'm coming to get you." But I think he misses big plays there because his vision. There are times where I'm like, "Man, if he just cuts right, like there's space right there." Now he cut to go hit somebody, which I mean you like a little bit, but his speed, like you know he he's got the ability to to go to make a house call from anywhere with his speed. I just that's the only thing, but he is good. He's just, you can tell though, he's got a lot to learn and he's got to improve. But no, I mean, that's a good start. You wonder what's he like in 10 weeks if he's getting this type of type of push and experience. I just like how hard he runs. Like he, the comment that made everybody like him was the whole, I'm going to take a grown man's job thing. And when you have that kind of confidence, when you're talking, you better back it up with a running style like what he has. And I, I'm with you, Ron. I, I don't know if he's there yet. Like, he, he's still got a lot to learn. I do think he needs to continue getting more carries, though. He had 11 in this game. I don't think you're going to see that many in most games just because, like, there's not a whole lot of carries to go around in this backfield. This was a Yeah, a I don't think they're going to carry it 30 times a game. Yeah, I mean, no so I think, home. like, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is getting, like, 10 to 15, that's kind of the range that he's been fitting into most games outside of this week. I think Isaiah Pacheco should be in that like five to eight carry range. Get him in there, get him some opportunities, give him a couple of drives every game and make sure that you continue getting him this experience because I think there's something there. I think they believe there's something there. It's just a matter of giving him those opportunities and continuing to get the the in-game opportunities that you're talking about, Ron, to be able to improve. It's They have to just be like, 
man, you don't have to seek out the contact. No, man. That's, no, man. that's what it seems like he does. He's not like He's not looking like, for no space. Like he like he wants to hit somebody and, and run somebody over and then break the long run. And I think that's something they just got to work on, like with his game. And, you know, maybe it comes back to how he was playing in college and the terrible team he was on. And, you know, but that's something you can figure out. You can be like, no, like this is the way the blocking is going to unfold. And that's where the gap's going to be. So look there for the gap. And then hit it going 100 miles per hour and break a 60 yard run if you can. Like, I think those runs are going to come sooner or later. I just think they have to be like, no, try to avoid the contact. Don't run headfirst into it and try to run everybody over. Yeah, that, yeah, he's in there close to safe. He's in there. I just need to get close. Let me get close to you, close to safe. And I'm just going to get as close <laughs> to everybody out there is what I'm going to do. So, all right, man, that's, uh, that's when the Chiefs have the ball. Everybody good? Sky more, more opportunities. That's good. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw it, you, we, got, we got a small taste. Did you a small taste? A small taste. More opportunities. It's coming. It's coming. I mean, I, listen. Oh, I can't I, wait I, until I, it does. I, I mean, like, I, listen. I like Sky. You know, I, I, I've got him on the bench on the fantasy team. I'm keeping an eye, keeping an eye on him. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, they got a lot of guys out there. They're they're riding. I think. I think. I think this is a week we could see Sky get get a big play, get a big play for a touchdown this week. Yeah. Think so? He had the same number of snaps offensively last week as he had the first three weeks combined. That's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Sky, Sky more breakout game is coming. Yeah, he's a good blocker. So uh <laughs> yeah, he was probably in a lot during those during a lot of the run plays there. He was in there. No, I liked what he I liked it, but I just I don't know if there's enough around. I don't know if there's an, enough enough plays around. I know you two are continuing to try to kill uh McCole Hardman. Uh and and there's he's no, got a role. He's gadget yeah, he does. Yeah. Go out there, run some stuff, and do the gadget so, stuff. And, as, as our Arrowhead Pride team pointed out, I think McColl would thrive as Dexter McCluster in this offense. Who who is so? What is Sky's uh, role? Uh, wide receiver, the best wide receiver yeah. on your team. Juju's oh, the best, the best wide receiver on the team. It, yeah. it, it, it would be Juju, MVS, and Sky. Those are your three. Yeah. And then yeah. Sky will eventually prove that he's better than all of them. Okay, we'll see. So as we continue to watch it being Juju MVS and McCole Hardman, maybe Mahomes could hit McCole Hardman. 
uh, as he's running and streaking down the middle of the field <laughs> for a touchdown, wide open alone by himself. Oh yeah, uh, blaming, blaming, blaming Patrick Mahomes. No right. trust there. No trust. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who who is that? Who is that one to blame for? Uh, who is that one? Could he have caught it? Well, well McCole in the wrong route. So he ran Jeez. the wrong route that against ended him up yeah. against the Colts. Okay. Is that what it was? What about was what did what did he do then? What did he do in that game? Did he run the wrong route against, against the Colts? Or, or, no, no, no. We're, we're talking. No, we're not talking about the Colts. That was two weeks ago. We're no, talking about, I mean, it just it just illustrates the lack of trust when there's the a lack of trust, lack of trust between your wide receiver and quarterback. Well, you know, that, you're just not going to be on the same page. At, at some point, uh, I love the quarterback, and he was great. At some point, like a, a guy streaking down the middle of the field by himself into the end zone. Boy, we we got to we, we we can't always just look at hey man, you got to throw it to him. If he drops him, okay, we're done playing with him. All right, McCole Hardman, McCole Hardman. I can give it to you in the past. See, don't let me make me get going here. McCole Hardman, I'll give it to you in the past. Has 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 ticked off Mahomes, but this year, this year, McCole Hardman has been the second most reliable wide receiver on this team this year. Oh, 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 no, he has. Yes, he has. Yeah, Sky Moore, as you just said, has just doubled his his uh, his 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 snaps this week from. From all from everything he did before, I, I might go MVS because they both had one game. They both had one game where they where they came through. MVS just joined the table. Okay, he just joined. McCall the only had the one. McCall had a, a really. I, I gave full credit, kudos to your guy after that Chargers game. He played an awesome game against uh, against the Chargers. Otherwise, though, he's just been okay. He's been okay. No, uh, listen, no, they've all just been okay. Yeah, and Sky just slid in here, and now you're you're just trying to. As you, trying to replace folks, what is think, your issue? I think the offense. I think the offense will get better if they use Sky more. They're Do you? Get, okay, let's hope. Hey, listen, we'll, we'll see. I don't. I don't know how much better you can get guys just streaking down the middle. Uh, by the way, as we talk about this, like low key, like Mahomes is going to have to start connecting on these on these deep throws. He did. Did you see Marquez Valdez scaling no, right he, down the that, middle, down the seam? Oh, he what, got he, what a he got one, finally, finally. But I mean, he's there. There've been they have. I'm not going to just put it all on him. There's just been some. They're just off on these downfield throws. Go get that, or, or just not throwing them. Yeah. But I mean, they're put Sky's Sky on. They will put put Sky on and he'll throw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, we talked about that indie game. Sky, uh, Sky put him in a great position, just catching the punt. All right, and, 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 we, we talking about offense. See, man, or we we're talking about special teams. See now, we, see, yeah. I'm here to talk about special teams. Hey, make make we talk about special teams again, and, and put Sky in a full time role in the offense. See, see Serta is talking very smart business here. You, the hatred you guys have for seventeen <laughs> is just sad, man. It's just sad. It's that no hatred. Just, I just like no, it is no, it's pure hatred. It it's hatred. It is hatred, and this nah, kid is giving the fine. best effort that he can. He is doing everything he can. He he's is playing a heel injury. I'll he's playing that. hurt out there, running on his toes the whole time. He doesn't even run on his heels, running on his toes. <laughs> he did all that running for Pat Mahomes just to go look at the white receiver and throw it outside to him. You know that hurt him. <laughs> that hurt him. I mean, Justin Watson's probably where he's supposed to be. I've got to believe that Mahomes, that McCole <laughs> was too. Justin is pretty good, though. That's a real fine. Stop it! What? Why do you do that? How what? can you dispute if he was there? I'm, not, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. When the 
when the Bucks have the ball. I mean the Bucks. When the Raiders have the ball. <laughs> when the Raiders have the ball Monday night. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I am nervous about Devontae Adams. Just simply because one, you should be. Uh, he's arguably the best wide receiver in football. Two, because of the way that Spags runs his defense, they can match him up on Watson 3-5 anytime they want to. And we've watched it. Like I, Mike Williams kept getting matched up on him whenever he wanted to. Mike Evans last week just kept getting matched up on him, and it was a problem. And, I, and I'm sure if the Raiders watch this, they'll do the same thing. And he has been really, really good. Hell, he won the Chargers game. And for what you're getting from him, he's been really good. But I am concerned about that matchup because if Spags is going to allow them to dictate who is able to – who he has to cover Devontae Adams with, then there could be a long night over there and you're going to have to hope for pressure and hope for other things to help you with. But that matchup to me is is the most concerning thing when the Raiders have the ball. I think I'm with you. Unfortunately, I don't think that the Chiefs have any other solutions to this problem. I don't think moving Legereus Need, for example, into or outside from the slot is your solution because I think Legereus Need is very clearly your best option in the slot. So you're actually you may be solving one problem, but also creating another. Also, Legereus Sneed is one of this team's best pass rushers right now which is a bit problematic, and we can get into that here in a minute. But if you move him outside, he's not going to be able to rush the passer the way that he typically does. I think it just limits you schematically. Unfortunately, I think the answer is you just have to trust that Jalen Watson's going to be able to make plays on the outside. Yeah, I don't and that trust doesn't, and, and that doesn't mean that he's going to be perfect, but I, I do think that it means you got to trust that he's going to be able to go out there and make enough that you're not going to get killed by Devontae Adams. And if you start getting killed by him, that's when you could potentially make a move. Well, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough matchup. It's Devontae Adams. Like Devontae Adams makes pro bowl level cornerbacks look silly on a weekly basis. Like you just have to kind of take the matchups that you have and try to hope for the best. But I mean, where the chiefs defense can win this matchup is against their offensive line. Like the Raiders offensive line is terrible. So as long as they can put pressure on Derek Carr, they can take some of the stress off of the secondary and hopefully that'll work out on Monday night because they need to be able to put pressure on Carr. because if he has time, I, I am worried about Adams. I'm a little bit worried about Waller. Renfro is going to be back this week and we know he can be a problem. So I, I like the Raiders pass catchers overall, but you just got to try to maximize the matchups where you can. Yeah. I'm not listen to go to what you said there with, with Snead. I, I'm not saying all the time. I think you give different looks. Can I at least get Snead on him in the red zone? Can, 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 can we can we try some of that in the red zone, right? And, and I understand that because they they do have a slot guy in Hunter Renfro who is really really good. Too. I, I think what you'll actually see is him on Waller because Waller lines up in the slot a good amount, so you might see him on Waller in the slot in the red zone. I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> I, I, <laughs> God, Willie Gay. Um, but no, yeah. I just. You just don't have good options, man. It's no, like you, saying, "Can we have somebody else be our cleanup hitter?" Well, you don't, but, yeah, but you but, can. But, but the, the guy that you want to put there is is everything as bad as yeah. what you have. I, yeah, I just. But there, it, that was that was one thing that jumped out when they were in the red zone last week, and when they had Mike Evans 
and Watson matched up with a touchdown. And it looked like it was going to be a touchdown every time. Then they they had Snead as the lone corner out there on him one-on-one. And the size was very, very clear. And it was much more even. And he was able to defend that. I'm not saying all the time. But maybe in the red zone, maybe somewhere else you put your best corner on. Because to me, if you're putting them in the red, like it, it, the whole game, if they're able to match up Watson against Devontae Adams, the whole game themselves, I, I just I think you, you can't just let that just happen. You've got to do something else. Yeah. Um, or at least at least some periods of the game. I, I hear you. I think the, the truth, though, is this team just doesn't really have options right now. I think in the future this is going to be different. I think this is – Remember Charvarius Ward's first year where they got just rocked against Seattle with him out there, and it was like late in the season when he got his first opportunity. He had decent coverage, but he just wasn't making plays on the ball early on. I think that's kind of what this is right now for Jalen Watson. You're watching him go through his growing pains, and whether it's next year, a couple years from now, I think you're eventually going to get a good corner out of it. I think Joshua Williams could eventually be a good corner uh, as well, and those guys can help you against some of these bigger wide receivers. But right now, you're just going through the growing pains. This team doesn't really have options against those kinds of guys. And the truth is, most teams don't. And I'm not sure, honestly, Ron, if Legereus Sneed is a great option against them either. I think his weakest part of his game is his coverage ability. So, like, can they put him out against Devontae Adams? They could. But I don't know how great that would go either. And I think it, it exposes his weakness while not allowing him to have some of the strength show as much because what you get from him in the slot is he's a really good run defender. He's a really good pass rusher and you can just make stuff happen with him from there. And you can't do that kind of stuff as often whenever he's lined up outside. So I think you limit his playmaking ability and you don't really get significantly better from a coverage standpoint either. But even coverage-wise, overall, who do you think's the, the Chiefs' best corner? I'm, I'm, I'm legit just when when healthy, it's McDuffie by a wide margin. Yeah, but he's, obviously that's not Sunday, an option right Sunday, now. Who is their best cover corner? Who's their best corner? I mean, Fenton probably. Just... I, I actually might go Watson, honestly, and, and, think and I think Jaylen... that speaks. I think that speaks to their issues at the position. You think Jalen Watson's a bit a better cover corner than? Than Snead, you trust I think him he more. Might be yeah in coverage. In cover, if we're all we're talking about yeah, is coverage, in, in coverage. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I do. I do. We we've seen good play out of Fenton before, and he's been struggling this year. But I I think it's also just them not having McDuffie too, and like and them having to put uh, Rashad Fenton like in more of a prominent role where they're like, we need you to guard this guy, and then Jalen Watson, and it's like neither one of them are number one cornerbacks, yep. but you're just trying to get the most out of both of them that you can. You've also yeah, it, faced some really tough matchups. Like Mike Williams is an alien. You, you don't go up against that kind of guy normally. And Mike Evans is a born touchdown maker. So you've had some really difficult matchups. So we talked about this before the year, Ron, where this team is going up against some of the best wide receivers in the league. Like you're going to see Cooper Cup later on this season. You're going to see Jamar Chase once again this year. You're going to see Stephon Diggs next week. And I think whenever you go up against Diggs, you're going to be much more prepared for that because McDuffie will be back. But right now, you just don't really have a situation where you can go up against those guys. This is where, like, the, the reality is the best cover corner you have is Chris Jones kicking the crap out of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders offensive line. And no, I mean, I mean, obviously, obviously, that's going to be probably the thing. And they're going to write blitz and send thing and send pressure. But 
Yeah, maybe Chris Jones is as you talked about, sir. That their offensive line is something because he because he dominated the interior offensive line of the Bucks, and maybe potentially you need to see him do that and the rest of the guys if they're capable of doing it, getting some pressure. And maybe that 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 is what, and I think that's probably what they leaned on last week as much. Uh, to slow Brady down with Evans. And I, I think Derek is the same type of person who's a completely different quarterback if you get any kind of semblance of pressure. And I know Khalil Mack dominated them. Bosa and them dominated them in, in week one. And and I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah, you're right, probably. Chris Jones and Spags uh, coming up with, with pressures is probably going to be the best thing to help that that secondary. I think Legereus Need is a part of that plan as well. Honestly, like Legereus Need might be not be covering Devontae Adams, but he might be pressuring Derek Carr, and that's the the way that they're going to prevent Devontae Adams from beating him, especially over the top, or at least one of the ways. Yeah, we'll see. So I don't know, man. I, I hopefully you know that that's all they have, right? Like that's that Devontae Adams is the only real matchup. Uh, that they have that they can take advantage of. All right, the uh, the game that is sweeping the nation, certified or imposter? You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. This week, I want to go. I want to go to Juju Smith Schuster. Juju Smith Schuster. His role here is the number one wide receiver but obviously not played in the same type of role as the previous number one wide receiver for the Chiefs. We understand that. But for what his role is here right now, do you sense Juju as certified or imposter? I think he is certified for what his role is right now. I think he's kind of been the player that I expected him to be. I thought he would be targeted a little more often than he has been thus far. But man, I I think it's really just the Chargers game that threw us off the scent because he had eight, eight, eight in terms of targets in each of the other three games that the Chiefs have played so far this year. He's on pace for roughly a thousand yards on the season. That's kind of where I thought he was going to finish. I think he's certified for what we expected him to be. I don't think he's a legitimate number one receiver. I also think on this team, he's not asked to be that. He's asked to be a number two pass catcher, and he's the number one quote-unquote wide receiver on the Chiefs. So I think he's certified for what his role has been. I just kind of hope his role expands a bit as we move on. Yeah, I think he's certified because kind of what BK was saying, he's just not like, we we know who Juju is at this point in his career. He's not an explosive playmaking wide receiver, but he's a chain mover. He's a stat compiler, like, he is very solid in that role and he's reliable. Like he's not going to drop a ton of passes. He's going to get open in those short intermediate routes and he's going to be where you need him to be. So those timing routes are going to be a really important part of this offense. And Juju's really good at that stuff. And I, I think that that's his role in this offense. And that was kind of his role in Pittsburgh the last couple of years. And we're just saying that that's kind of who he is as a wide receiver. He's not an explosive guy. So I would have to imagine he's going to find the end zone sooner or later, but I, I just don't think that he's going to be a guy who like 
is ever like a 1200 yard 12 touchdown type of wide receiver ever again that's the biggest thing ron if there's one place where i would like to see his usage expand it's in the red zone so far this year zero touchdowns i think he needs to be more involved when they get closer to the red zone but they've been good in other areas so they haven't needed him yet he is is he bigger than you thought I mean, he looks he looks big almost like tight end like like when I when I look I at I think it's him, the single digit number that does it. Maybe. He like I don't know what it is, but he looks large and like he looks like a tight end. And the odd thing about it is they're using him as much as it like they're using him, it looks like, as much as a tight end as as they are with Kelsey. Like he is lined up in the middle of the field and all of his routes are run very similar to what tight ends do. So I, I need to, I need to see more, right? Like he is, he's, he's supposed to be the number one receiver on this team. And I, listen, I, I, I agree that his role is different, but damn, I mean, can you see some level of explosion? So, I'm like something, I Some just don't kind think of it's big who he is anymore. Something. And he he did that a couple in his first couple of years in the NFL. Like I think Juju's got a 99 yard touchdown on yeah. his resume, but I don't know if it's if it's injuries and he's had a lot of lower body injuries and stuff that have just slowed him down. I know he's still only like 25 years old, like he's still really young. He just doesn't look like he's that kind of explosive anymore. And I just don't think it's a part of his game at this it point. Lo- it, it looks like his ceiling for yards after the catches six yards like he looks yeah. like he's getting like he's just not an explosive player yeah he's just it, not it, the it, guy it, you are i don't know and if you're the number one receiver i just like when you said that i'd like to see his usage rate go up in the in the in the red zone and i hell i don't i like like i think like the routes and the things that the and the ways they go make more sense i don't know i just well, I I I I got to I I got to go imposter because his role is the number one wide receiver on this team. And obviously I know I know that that Kelsey is the top receiving threat, but still the number one wide receiver on this team. And I like I don't know how all like he feels like he's somebody who's getting schemed open. And like I don't know how much like one on ones he's gonna he's gonna just beat guys and cause separation. So I I don't know I, I'm not there yet with Juju. I think he's winning a little bit. Um, I think he's a guy that has really strong hands as well, and that's something that we saw like on that play that everybody's been talking about this week uh, from Patrick Mahomes. I, I think Juju was a big part of that as well because he was there was some blanket coverage on him and he was able to come down with the catch. So far this year, he's at around 11 yards to almost 12 yards per reception. He's at eight yards per target. Those, those are okay numbers. You, you'd like That's to okay. see the yards, the yards per reception. You'd like to see it maybe go up a little bit. But I, I think he's kind of been the player that I expected him to be. Like, I just went back. I, I looked at my projections coming into the season. I projected him to have 80 receptions for about 900 yards and eight touchdowns this year. Now, the touchdowns obviously seem steep because he has zero so far this year. But right now, he's on pace for 80 receptions for 950 yards. It's hard for me to say that he's been disappointing when he's outproducing what I expected thus far. He just doesn't look like he's moving around like he's 25 years old. 
I mean that like he he looks like he's been in this league for years. Years. Like I, I just it's just a I don't know. I I can't go there yet. We'll see where he is, you know, maybe a little bit further down the season. All right, what's your predictions for this game? I'll start here. I, I think I go 30 35 24. I think the Raiders are gonna score some um you know, I can hell I could see it one possession, but I'll go 35 24. I think the Chiefs win this one. I think it's a little closer than some are expecting. I think yet last week was the A-plus script for the Chiefs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We see this every year, right? Andy tries to show as little as possible while maintaining the victories throughout the course of the season. I think it takes a little bit of a step back offensively this week. I think they end up winning this one 27-21. The Raiders barely end up covering the spread and it goes a little bit under the total. Yeah, I still think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. And we've seen there be these kind of weird games against the Raiders before. Um, I I know the Chiefs smoked them both times they played last year, but I I think that both teams are going to be able to put up some points in here. But I still think the Chiefs are just a much better football team at this point. So I like the Chiefs to put up 38 and... I like the final score to be thirty-eight to twenty-seven. I said that weird. I gotta, I gotta add yeah. to adjust on the fly. Yeah, there you go. It's all right. That's all right, man. You did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I think they should win this game. And man, this uh, this little AFC West boy just don't don't seem as tough as the Broncos. The worst football team I've ever seen. They're not. They're not. They're, not at they're all. so bad. They're just they're so bad. They're winning these games, and they're probably gonna find a way to win more. They're gonna win these games and just. You're like, how? How in the hell are they pulling this off? Remember that weird Titans game that the Chiefs got just destroyed in? We're going to look back on the Colts game that they lost this year, and it's going to be similar. It's like, what? How did that happen? Because this Colts team is terrible, guys. It is terrible. Yeah, they have not, not in the division. It's but a, it, but, it, it, but I think it did. I think, I think it served its purpose. I don't. Yeah. I, I think the Chiefs are not. They Like, they used to could just roll the helmets out. I think now they know they can't just roll the helmets out and have crafty specialties. All right, fellas, we are out. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.